Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Charles Barkley would never get into altercations like that on the floor. Hall of Famer inside the NBA. TNT analyst. What would you have done if Patrick Beverly did that to you when you were playing? Well, uh, and first of all, Dan, do you know what time it is? It's 924 East Coast time. And I'm I'm only up at 9:24 because of your ass, Dan. There's no reason for, I got nothing to do today but relax, and, and I'm only up because of you. That's how much love I got for you. Um, you know, it, it it depends on the situation. Like Chris Paul's got to play uh, in the finals, so he can't get into any fisticuffs. But it was just a punk move by Pat Bev. You know, he danced when he when he tried to uh, almost hurt Chris the other night. He danced over him when he was on the ground. Uh, and now he can't take it when the, the when the rabbits got the gun. So it was just a punk move. Pat Bell's a good kid. He works hard. But it was just a punk move, plain and simple. Do you think it was a successful season for the Clippers? Yes, uh, considering they had never gotten to the conference finals. To get there without uh, Kawhi, it was a great season. I mean, think about it, Dan. They had never gotten to the conference finals before. And to lose your best player and get there and beat the team that was the number one seed, I think you can't consider it a success. Why is there speculation that Kawhi could leave the Clippers? Well, I think, uh, number one, before we decide that, we got to figure out how bad his knee injury is. That's the first thing. And then I think he's going to have, he's going to sit down with his team and say, are we good enough to win the championship in the next couple of years? I mean, I think that's a big decision to be honest with you, because it's kind of hard to say right now, because you know, the Lakers are going to do something. Are they better than the jazz? I'm not sure they beat the jazz, but I'm not sure they're better than the jazz, 
Are they better than the Suns? So I think Kawhi's he's holding all the good cards right now. He's gonna get to pick where he wants to go. If you're Kawhi, do you want to stay in, with the Clippers? Have you seen enough where you say, even though that's where he wanted to go back to? Yeah, you know, that's a good question, Dan. I really don't know the answer to that because um, you, you have to be in the locker room because you have to say to yourself, is Batum going to stay? Is Serge Ibaka going to stay? What are they going to do with Reggie Jackson? Because uh, he's going to get paid. So at the end of the day, it might just be you, you and Paul George, and you have to ask yourself, I can go anywhere I want to. You know, I've heard the rumors about him going to Miami or New York, which would be a great destination. So uh, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to it. Yeah, Dallas has also been mentioned. Uh, we're talking to Well, Trump. now Dallas, uh, playing with that boy Porzingis, that would be a really good thing also. Well, I think they'd have to give up Porzingis. Like you you would pair him with Luca. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I, Oh, I'm you sorry. meant Luca. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm like him and Luca would be nice together. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. The Bucks playing without Giannis. We see teams that do this, and usually it's a one off where you step your game up when the star player is out. Um, how surprised were you with the Bucks last night without him? Wasn't surprised at all. Dan, Dan number one, I want to say, I want to thank you for all the kind words doing the documentary. Um, thank you for the kind words. Uh, but I wasn't surprised. You know, Dan, what's interesting about these games, I always tell people, there's, until you go on the road and do your thing, that's when you figure out the thing. Like Atlanta, who played great at home in game four, that wasn't a shocker to me. Uh, the, the, the Bucks playing great at home last night, that wasn't a shocker. Now, can they go on the road and do it? To me, that's when you find out who's, like, legitimate and who's for real. So, uh, man, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow night. All those guys from Atlanta, they're going to play better at home. But the Bucs, the Bucs played great last night. But can they take it on the road? To me, that's the key. And Charles was talking about a documentary they did on Inside the uh, NBA on TNT. And uh, a variety of us in the media, we talked about how difficult it is that you guys make it look easy. And, uh, you know, it all starts, you know, with Ernie to be able to land planes at, uh, at JFK. But, you know, they got to have you batting, batting cleanup. Without you, it's, it doesn't work uh, on the magnitude that it has. Well, thank you for the kind words. You know, listen, man, I, we're so lucky. I, I, Ernie, is, we call him the godfather because he's the man. And Shaq and Kenny are awesome to work with. But, you know, there's so many. You know, Dan, uh, you, you, you've been a star for a long time. And you show up and you just have to be Dan Patrick. But there's so many people around you who do so much heavy lifting. So, you know, I mean, unless you're in the business, you have zero idea how it actually works. I mean, there's so many people around you who, number one, feed you all the facts. (laughs) And uh, you just show up and you're older, older, decent looking man. Uh, and you just have to be Dan Patrick. <laughs> but also, you you guys have allowed your producers to make fun of you. And you're all stars. And that- Dan, 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 we're talking about stupid basketball. <laughs> I always, I, you know, it's, it's so funny with me when, you know, I, I've been in the thing for 36 years. I tell the guys when they start taking themselves too serious, like, yo, man, you do know you play basketball, right? You're not like a doctor or somebody who's in the army. Oh, it's a teacher, a fireman, a policeman. People got like a real job. You dribble a stupid basketball. You make more money than God. 
to just dribble a stupid basketball. When you start taking yourself too serious, you need to take a step back like, yeah, I'm really not that important. I just play basketball. That was a nice documentary. Everybody loved it. There's the last dance documentary that it still seems like that's bothering Scottie Pippen. Uh, What did you make of Scottie's comments when he was on with me earlier in the week? You know, I'm disappointed in Scotty because he's burning every bridge. I know he has a book coming out. Listen, Scotty was a very good player. I've always liked Scotty, too. I've always liked him. I've never had a disagreement or an argument with him, but he's taking shots at me. um, And I'm just laughing because I'm like, yo, man, you do know we're like 60 years old. We don't have beefs anymore. We're like 60. What we accomplished was 30 years ago. It's not important or significant. Uh, It was great in the day, but now it's irrelevant. So I was disappointed he's taking shots at Michael, Phil Jackson, and myself. But I understand he's got a book coming out. And I just think it's silly and stupid, to be honest with you. Listen, hey, we know you got a book coming out. Stop trying to make, uh, you know, take shots at Big Fish. He's big game hunting. You come out to myself. You come out to Mike. You come out to Phil Jackson. Hey, we know you got a book coming out. But it, it really just makes you look stupid and silly in the long run, to be honest with you. Yeah. Stuff that you stuff you haven't said in 30 years. Then I've been retired for 20 years. Can you imagine that? And so that that stuff happened like 25, 30 years ago. And to come out now saying all these things because you have a book coming out and I guess he has the alcohol coming out and, you know, we're, and unfortunately we're in the business. So every jackass going to have you on, if if you're going to say something bad about Michael Jordan or Charles Barkley or Phil Jackson, you're going to be on every TV show. And uh, that's the thing. I just feel sadness for him more than anything. I didn't think there was strategy behind him, what he said about Phil Jackson. I I think he's been carrying those 1.8 seconds when he sat down in that game against that playoff game against the Knicks. And the, the last dance documentary just sort of gave a whole new generation of, Hey, this is what happened to Mike. And this is what happened to Scotty. And I, and I think he probably, you know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to give you my my episode of the last dance. Well, you know, for me, Dan, I have to take the good and the bad when people talk about Charles Barkley. I don't get to sugarcoat like everything I've did stupid in my life. The spitting incident, the DUI, people get to bring that up. I don't get to talk about how great I was at basketball without saying some of the when people say, okay, yeah, but he did some stupid things. And that's just the way it works. Like, I got a DUI. I spit uh, uh, back in my day. Like, I have to take the good with the bad. And, you know, when Michael, uh, listen, Michael, when he did the documentary, uh, he had to say some things that Scotty did wrong. And St- Scotty was still was a, a very good basketball player, but he did some things, uh, you know, not having surgery, not going back in the game. When you talk about your life, my life, your life, Todd's life, every little nerd you got working for you, <laughs> you don't get to say, hey, this is all the good I did. When you did, when you do things that are not good, you have to talk about those also. There's some things I'm not proud of I've done in my life, but you you have to talk about those things. And it sucks when people bring them up. I'm not going to lie. It sucks when people bring them up, but 
hey, I've done more good than bad. We had uh, Chris Weber on yesterday. We were talking about Jamal Mashburn telling a story about the Dream Team when the college guys were scrimmaging against you guys. And Rodney Rogers upset Bird by kind of calling him out. And and Mash was telling the story, and then C. Webb was backing it up, saying Bird just, you know, magic fed Bird like eight or nine times straight and just ate, ate his lunch. What do you remember about that moment? You know, Larry Bird is one of my favorite people in the world. I always tell people, you know, playing against Bird, McHale, and Paris, the greatest front line ever. I always laugh about Larry because Larry's like, Chuck, I need to talk to you. In the middle of a game, Larry, uh, Dan, he's like, <laughs> I said, what's going on, Larry? He's LB. He says, y'all being disrespectful to me. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, y'all got a white guy trying to guard me. That's disrespectful. <laughs> I'm like, and it caught me off guard. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, no, there's not a white guy on the planet can guard me. Y'all got a white guy. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Bob Thornton at the time. Bob Thornton, one of my favorite teammates. He's like, hey man, listen, y'all being disrespectful. Don't ever put a white guy on me. And I, I've only had uh, uh, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird are the only two guys. Larry, Michael says to me in the finals, like, Chuck, you're being disrespectful. I mean, like, and those are the only two guys that do not put a white guy on me. A white guy can't stop me. When Michael and Larry said that, I still laugh about that today when I'm out with the guys, because they, they always want to know stories. I said, Larry Bird was a bad boy. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, like, hey, do not put a white guy on me. That's, and Michael said the same thing. A white guy can't guard me and quit doing it. I was wondering about this name, image, and likeness now with college athletes and – like if you were at Auburn right now, you'd be cashing you know, in. Yeah, Dan, but I'm concerned. Uh, okay, there's a couple reasons why I'm concerned. Number one, the NCAA, they're just boneheads. They're like the, the Dunn Knots. They're the Barney Fife <laughs> of life. They don't have no idea what's going on. But let me be serious here for a second. Number one, I hate when people tell young black kids getting a free education is nothing. Uh, getting a free education is a really, really big deal. I hate when people tell black kids, well, they're not giving you nothing. Hey, going to college for free. And Dan, you know, a lot of people who are still paying college debt to this day, getting a free education is a really big deal. So that's my first issue. My second issue. And like I say, I don't know anything about this, but they, 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 they act like everybody in college now is going to start rolling in the dough. And I'm saying, well, that's not true. Nobody's going to be buying the offensive lineman's jersey. He's not going to get a car deal. Now, the quarterback and the running back and maybe a star defensive player, they're going to make some money. Like I say, people are going to buy their jersey, and they might get a car deal. They might even get a restaurant deal. But most of the players, which they're not going to make any money. But this notion that, wow, this is going to be great for college athletics. All these people are going to make a lot of money. I don't believe that. The backup guy or or somebody like that, yeah, Charles Barkley would have made a lot of money in college. Uh, Probably Chuck Person, 
But that's pretty much it on our team. Oh, uh, Bo Jackson at my college at Auburn, the greatest thing I've seen is Bo Jackson is play college football. He's going to make a lot of money. But what really bothers me and scares me about the whole scenario, Dan, is there's going to be so much resentment from my other teammates. But they're like, damn, Charles is selling jerseys. He's got a car deal. We work just as hard as him. Same thing with Bo Jackson. Like the offensive lineman, he opens up all the holes for Bo Jackson. If Bo Jackson is making all this money and the offensive lineman who actually do all the work, they're not making a dime. I think there's going to be great resentment and jealousy on these teams. Yeah, I think that's a great point. By the way, you're part of the uh, Capital Ones, the match there uh, with uh, Tom Brady and Bryson DeChambeau, Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Phil Mickelson. You're, you're an analyst on the course? Yeah, uh, I, I have no idea what TNT is going to have me doing. I'm going to be doing something. But let me just tell you something. I just, I'm just disgusted by Phil Mickelson. I cannot believe that he want to play with this mother instead of me. Oh. He, like, that's exactly right, Dan. You heard me. Wow. Me and Phil were the defending champs. Yeah. But they, I can't believe he going to stick with this mother. <laughs> I can't say what Tom said, but I can't believe he want to stick with this mother instead of me. Wow. We are the defending champs. But he, what has Tom Brady did in the last year <laughs> to make him more important and significant than me? How he, would you do a, straight up against Brady in a match? Oh, hey, overrated, overrated. He's overrated. Flash in the pan. I don't know if he's ever going to be successful <laughs> at anything. You know, I think Tom is the greatest. First of all, he's a really nice person. He's a really nice person. I think he's the greatest athlete arguably ever. I do. I truly believe that. I mean, he's, he's clearly the greatest football player ever, but I think he's in a conversation with Ali, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, uh, those are the greatest ever in my, that's just my personal opinion, but he might be the greatest ever. And he's a really nice guy, but I like to bash him because, because he got a great sense of humor. Uh, but uh, Tom, I don't think Tom can beat me in golf. I really don't. Not right now. He can't. Are you going to corner Aaron Rodgers and ask him what the hell's going on here with the Packers so we can finally get an answer out of him? Oh, you know, I'm going to give him something. I'm going to give him something about that. Uh, because number one, if I had a dollar for every time I heard about Aaron Rodgers and the and the Packers this summer, I'd have more money than you, Dan. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. the the four letter network talks about it every single day. Yes, they do. And there's a reason we call them the four letter network, Dan. That's it between me and you. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm really sick. I'm really sick of the Aaron Rodgers. You know, the NFL, and, I, you know, football and boxing are my two favorite sports, but the NFL, man, they hog the spotlight every single day, man. Yeah. Nobody, like, I'm so sick of talking about football every day. It's not even football season, and we still <laughs> talk about it every single day. It drives me crazy. Uh, good luck to your Phoenix Suns, sir. I'm really excited. Uh, it's great for the city. I'm really happy for Chris Paul. I'm really happy for him because, you know, you know, I'm one of the few people who actually know what he's going through. When you've been a great player your whole career and your team is not good enough to get get to the finals, you know, it's, it's a tough burden to bear. And uh, he got to the finals, and not, now I hope he can win it. Because, you know, hey, Dan, I'm on the list. Um, I'm on that list where, you know, people say he never won anything. So I always root for guys to get off the 
list, and I'm pulling for Chris Paul. Uh, good to talk to you as always. You look great, and uh, have fun there at the at the match here in Montana. You know, I can't wait. I've never been to Montana. I can't wait to get there. Uh, I'm looking. They say it's beautiful. I can't wait to get there. Uh, so it's going to be fun. Hey, Dan, uh, I always appreciate you, man. I'm going back to bed. Uh, I'm all, I only got up to do your show, but I'm going back to bed. So you take care of yourself. Have you ever shared a room with Shaq before? No, no. I shared a plane with him, and I thought that was a grizzly bear on a plane with me. <laughs> this dude snores. This dude snore. Hey, Dan, I did. We've, we've flown. I think we've flown three times together, and he fall asleep. I think there's – I said, damn, we got a grizzly bear on the damn plane. This is the lot. He's the loudest snoring person in the history of civilization, Dan. It's unbelievable. Well, plus he's one of the largest men in the history of civilization, too. He is one of the largest people, but I'm telling you something. When he starts snoring, man, I'm telling you, like, I'm like, it's crazy how loud it is. You got to tape it next time. You should play it on the air on TNT. Next time he nods off, just record it. It's not a nod off. It's like a full blown grizzly bears <laughs> on the plane with you. <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. You got, hey, have a great 4th of July weekend. Thank you. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Channing Fry killed it last time he was on with us. Turner Sports NBA analyst won a championship with the Cavs. Turner Sports NBA playoff coverage continues tomorrow night. Game six, Hawks Bucks at 8.30 Eastern. And uh, you can catch Channing on hashtag NBA Twitter live during the second half of that game. Channing, thanks for joining us. What do you make of this matchup in the Eastern Conference right now? I love it. I absolutely love it. I think... um, you know, I don't know if we've had an opportunity to watch these these guys play, right? I mean, at the end of the day, you know, injuries are, are something that happen, right, in all sports. Um, and to see this Hawks team uh, go from, you know, they're, they're pretty good to, holy crap, they're two games away from the NBA Finals, and I'm in Atlanta. At no point in my life did I ever think that we would say the Atlanta Hawks are two games away from the NBA Finals. Um, and then for the Bucks, like last night, like I, I talk about, how dominant Brooke Lopez was in 2013 and 14. And people actually saw it. Like he wasn't doing anything above himself. Like obviously he went crazy, but Brooke Lopez is a monster and Bobby Portis is good too. So, you know, we kind of get on the bucks for being boring, (laughs) but they got some hoopers like Drew holiday. I love, I think he's one of my favorite top five favorite players I've ever played against um, in a league, just respect wise, just what he does. And, um, obviously the Clippers and, and Sun series, you're just watching guys get an opportunity to be in the limelight. And you're seeing a lot of these young guys step up, which is, uh, which is awesome. It's that new generation. I just wonder about Giannis, no structural damage, but to come back from this injury. There's no way he could do that. I've, I've done it. And then we were talking with Shaq last night. It took us six weeks and I'd wear a brace just to be comfortable. Um, you know, when you stand up like, when you bend your knee, your knee's not supposed to bend like that, and then your muscles get stretched out. So even when you're standing up, I don't know if you watch him, like, you know, I watch little things. When you stand up, like, your knee may buckle like that, and it's just like, it's the worst feeling. It, like, cringes your stomach. And anybody that's happened to, unless there is some new type of technology that I don't know of, I don't think we see him this series. Um, and then if they do win, which I think they are, I, I don't know if we see him for, you know, three or four games into the NBA Finals. What about Trey Young's availability for this next game? I mean, listen, you got to look at Trey and be like, hey, Trey, we need we need two games out of you, and this is it, right? I mean, bone bruises are crazy. I, I know guys that try to play through them, and you get maybe 50%. So can you win with a 50% Trey, right? And that's really what you're – because at the end of the day, the first – and I, I said this yesterday, the first three plays of the game – told me that the Bucs are not playing around anymore, that they go, we are two games away from the NBA Finals, yeah. 
right? If you were a kid or if you at the beginning of your career said to, hey, you're t- you could have an opportunity to be two games away from the NBA Finals and have a chance, even without Giannis, you're going to play a little different. And they started to play a little different last night. Like they ra- went to the rack at will. Drew Holiday was posting up all their guards. So if you're hobbled, they're now starting to attack everybody. Herder, Bogdanovich, like, you know, anybody who comes in that game, they're using their bodies. And Chris Middleton and, and, uh, uh, and Drew Holiday, I think, really set the tone last night. Yeah, I just wonder, and I know it's easy for me being the get-off-my-lawn guy, and back in my day, these guys would play hurt. I mean, these are long, these are big investments. I mean, the Bucks. this is a guaranteed contract the Greek freak has. Right. Um, you know, $250 million here. But you don't know if you'll ever be in this position again. And that's and where I wonder, that. like, how much can yeah. we expect? Are, I want to be fair to him. I want to be fair to Kawhi. You know, these guys who have injuries, having had, you know, six knee surgeries myself. Like, I understand it. But at some point, is it wrong for us to ask for you to do a little more, given what's at stake here? I think, yeah, I'm just going to talk about Giannis. I don't know Kawhi's situation, but I know this. These dudes are some of the most elite players that sacrifice everything. Giannis has done every single thing right. Like Giannis is a good dude. He plays the game the right way. He doesn't doesn't take days off. His teammates love him. He plays with ferocity every single night. I always look at it as if that was my son, would I let him play? The way his knees buckled, right? The way he has, I don't know the the doctor thing. I I understand the the big picture of, yes, you're going to the finals. But I also understand the picture of Giannis has an opportunity to be one of the all-time greats. He has that. That is more important than the now because I don't want you to go out there and you're 20% or 5% and all of a sudden something more happens and then you regret that moment, right? Giannis, you're special. Like, this is not a finger. This is not, you know an elbow on the other side, right? This is not a a wrist. This is his knee, and he can't be Giannis with with a knee that is wobbly like a hot Twizzler. You just can't do it. Are the Suns going to be the favorite no matter who goes in out of the East? I love the Suns, man. I know I'm from Phoenix, so I'm a homer. But they play good basketball. Like, that's what, like, my son just got into basketball last week. He played lacrosse. He played hockey. He played all the suburban sports. And finally, they were like, yo, you got to start playing basketball. (laughs) And I tell him to watch the Suns. Number one, Monty Williams coached me. I think Chris Paul is still underrated. Um, And Devin Booker. Now, why do you say Chris Paul is underrated? Well, because everyone now is talking about how good he is just because he went to the finals. It's like, dude, he's been this good for 16 years. Like, and I had, a, I'm lucky enough to have conversations with Charles and Isaiah Thomas. And we were talking about guys who never had a chance to win, but who were bad, like who were absolutely ridiculously good in their time. And Chris Paul has been ridiculously good in his time. And he's a true point guard, right? Th- those things are like, you know, like antiques nowadays. Everyone turned into a combo guard because they couldn't get Chris Paul. They couldn't get that guy. And so between him and Devin Booker, they kill you on mid-ranges. 
That's against all the analytics, right? And so hold on. Wait, what? Are we not talking about analytics now? Because Devin Bucker dominated, like, absolutely. He, like, flicked it off like a little booger on a table. He's like, that. get that mess out of here, <laughs> right? So I tell my son to watch him. Like, all he does is, hey, if you're going to follow me, I'm going to shoot the floater. If you're going to give me the right pull-up, I'm going to take this. Just take what you can get. And at the end of the day, if you could shoot all of it, you're going to have a sturdy. It's easy. It's simple. The game is simple. And they just play good basketball. And I think uh, the Hawks play good basketball. Obviously, I like Nate McMillan, um, what he's been doing with that team. Guys are coming in and stepping in. Um, you know, last night they just got, you know, they just got big boyed. But it'll be an interesting game next year. Yeah, I and we're talking to Channing Fry, the uh, Turner Sports NBA analyst. He won a uh, championship with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. I carried him. You until did? Until the finals. Yeah, and then I told him, this is you. Like this, <laughs> I, I got you at this point. Yeah, it, it's like. Yeah, yeah, like I got you here. I, let me take the rest now, right? You, yeah. there, there's no big guys out there for me. You and you know ahead. what? I've never seen that story written, so I, I appreciate you, you, you telling yeah, it's me. it's exclusive right here. You're like very, the world joke. <laughs> very humble. That's that's what. How, how often would you get yelled at by LeBron James when you played with him? Oh, man. Um, not as often as you think. He's more of a look guy. Well, Jordan like would LeBron give his teammates. Jordan gave his teammates the look. You didn't want the LeBron look. got looks. Okay, LeBron what would make looks. him? What would make him give you the look? Lack of confidence. So, like, if he passes you the ball and you don't shoot it because you missed two, he'll look at you like you're crazy, and then he goes, "You don't think I know what I'm doing? Shoot the ball!" And I'd be like, "Dang, yeah, you are LeBron, so I probably should shoot it next time." It's all encouraging. It's all good. He's one of the best teammates I've had. What would he do um, with and, Ben Simmons, Channing? Okay, well, I'm just going to speak for him. I'd tell him to switch hands. Like Tristan Thompson switch hands. I've been right? saying it since his freshman year at LSU. <laughs> I thought that he was a right-hander and he was shooting left-handed. I, I, yeah, I mean, He's, I feel like that. LeBron is left-handed and shoots right-handed and does things right-handed. LeBron writes and eats left-handed. So for me, let's start over, Ben. Okay, already it can't get any lower because you don't take shots. So let's work with the other hand because then it's new, it's fresh. You don't have the, you know, we used to say you don't have the yips, right? On his left hand, his elbows out, his wrist goes to the side. He's trying to like aim it. He doesn't have feel. So learn how to have feel with your hand. Like you got to feel the ball as a shooter. You got to have like a nice smooth motion. Now, if you start from scratch, almost like Chuck Swing, have you ever seen Chuck Swing left-handed? It looks perfect. And then you see him swing right-handed and it kind of, it was better now, but like then it kind of got a little chop because his mind is used to doing it the wrong way more than it's used to doing right. Hmm. Ben Simmons is one of the most talented guys in the NBA. And uh, the criticism he's getting is only because of that, right? And only because he's a, it looked like he was afraid to not look cool, right? He was afraid to be embarrassed at his shot or at his thing. You, to me, I just tell Ben Simmons, give me three spots this summer. Give me three spots on the court where if you go there, you'll be willing to go 0 for 10, 0 for 20. But for us, we know you're working on just three spots. And then free throws, just give me 50%, 34%. You could kick that thing in there for the 34%. Come on, man. But shoot granny style. You don't got to be cool. You got to just help <laughs> us win. Shoot granny style. Is is trash talk a lost art in the NBA today? Yeah, nobody. We were talking about that too last night. Nobody, everyone gets so personal about it. Because sometimes dudes don't know how to do it correctly. Like they really, there's so much information on people. 
Like, I don't know if trash talking used to be hearsay where now people could Wikipedia and talk about your uncle who, you know, end up going to jail for something. You know, it's just too personal. But trash talk is great. I think it's good. I think. Um, but what would you say? Did you trash talk? Uh, only certain times for certain guys, if I needed to. I'm a nice guy. Like, I smile a lot. I like life is good. Uh, you know, a long time ago, a doctor told me I was going to die. <laughs> and then I played another six years in the NBA. So I have like a glass half full all the time attitude. Um, and so I, I needed to be mean sometimes. And when I knew the guy across from me was really nice, I needed to talk reckless to him. And I mean, I'd literally just like, I don't know, cuss him out. Like he got my order wrong at McDonald's, right? Like just anything, any little thing, I would make things up. Um, you know, I think they say Bobby Portis imagines that people slap his mom. Now that's a little serious for me, but you know, Bobby Portis is crazy. But to me, I would just be like, this dude wants to steal food off my table for me and my kids. And then I would just kind of get mad that way. Would you have an, an appendix? Is that? Uh, no, no, no. So I had a, they thought I had an enlarged heart. So they thought I had cardiomyopathy, oh. which is way more serious than appendix. Yes, it is. So appendix is hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a swollen appendix appendix for six weeks and was flying. And when the doctor found out, I, uh, he was like, I don't know how you didn't die or how you didn't get appendicitis. And I was like, well, I, I didn't. So let's get that nasty little thing out of here. Well, you had, you know, Chris Bosch, who had to go through that where yeah. they just said, no, we're going to shut you down. I mean, there, yeah. there have been, you know, you have Hank Gathers, you have Reggie Lewis. I mean, we, we, we've yeah. had these players, uh, Pete Maravich at age 40, they, they found out, you know, he had heart issues. Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. He has to shut it down as well. Jeff Green had to get surgery up his chest. He'd open his chest up. Scary. It's, it's a gnarly scar. Yeah. Uh, who do you think, do you think there's any chance LeBron gets Dame Lillard to LA? I, did you see what I wrote? I'm, I live in Portland. So I said, Dave, don't fall for the trap. <laughs> <laughs> and people don't know my humor. So like, they're like, Jennings, stop hating. I'm like, man, I'm just joking. Right. First of all, <laughs> I, I, there's always a chance for everything. And here's why I think the communication between your owner, GM coach and star player should be fluid. Right. And, um, I think you're seeing that <clears throat> you're seeing that in Phoenix that that works, right? James Jones, Monty Williams, Chris Paul, Devin Booker are on one page, right? They bring in the right guys. They have the right attitude towards the game. There's a, just enough pressure to develop the young guys, but to always expect to win every game. In Portland, I don't know if that communication is exactly there now, but we have to wait. I think Chauncey Billups is a was an amazing player who doesn't get talked about enough. He was like, if you were up or down three or four, excuse me, Johnson Billis was going to win that game. Like they don't call him like Johnson Billis was hitting big shot after big shot. So I think his communication with players is going to be great. Um, I think he's going to get, he's going to hopefully unlock some of the guys who have been kind of settling in. Um, they just have injuries yeah. though, Chauncey. I mean, or, uh, Chan yeah, Chan I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm Lillard, I'm 30 and I'm looking at all the other great players and he is a great player, but he doesn't play, you know, hadn't had the opportunity to play in meaningful games and I just don't this see it true. happening. So where would you have him go? Uh, I would not let him stay in the West. If I'm the Blazers, I would, I, I would 
look at Philadelphia if I thought I was getting equal value for him. And that's not just uh, we get Ben Simmons. I got to get something else here. Yeah, oh, yeah. You got to get a lot. Because Damian Lillard is the heartbeat of Portland. I know. Um, You got to get a, quote, unquote, generational talent that is going to stay there. Right? I mean, for instance, you got to be like, here, I'll give you Damian Lillard for John Morant. Like, to me, that's equal. To me, that's equal. I know that's crazy to say, but John Morant will stay in a small market and develop as you go through the rebuilding process, right? If you were to get rid of Damian Lillard. So who's a young guy that is going to stay in a small market? Because you don't want to trade Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons is like, okay, I'm here for two years. Now I want to go to New York or now I want to go to Brooklyn. You need somebody who's going to like dig their roots into that. That's how rare he is. But Ben needs to be in a smaller market. (laughs) He needs to have a team that's his. Like, I think part of the problem, he's in Philly. They expect to win. Doc Rivers comes in. Embiid, MVP candidate. You know, Ben needs to be in a place where he can play and he can play in games that might not be meaningful and it can help him get some confidence back. Right. So basically, if Orlando had a package, you would send him to Orlando. They're completely rebuilding. Yeah. They got some young guys. Yes. Yeah. And here, here, Ben. Yeah. We're going to develop you. And then you could have Ben and Markel Foltz play on the same team together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just named Orlando. It's not like I was even thinking about their roster. I don't know if I put those two together. But, you know, I think, again, yeah, I, I agree with you. Ben Simmons is a guy that needs, uh, like, Giannis needs a Chris Middleton. Ben Simmons needs to be the best player. Or the most dominant player. Well, but he not plays the best different player. when he didn't have Joel Embiid in the lineup. Yeah, it's. It, I'm pretty sure that Doc Rivers conversation went. Thank you, Ben. I love your service, but we're rolling with this dude on a nightly basis. Yeah, and I don't know how that feels because they've always been. Oh, you guys are one A, one B. Now it's like no, Joel's one, two, and three, and you're four in defense. But <laughs> did you ever go to the line and and like you lose your? You were a really good shooter, but. You go to the line, and, and sometimes when you're not moving, yeah, like playing golf, that ball doesn't move, and it freaks people out. Whereas yeah. baseball, you're throwing, and I got to swing. Like, we love the reaction as an athlete. Yeah. But when you get to the line, everything stops, and it's just you dribbling, looking yeah. at the basket. Yeah. And, and, did you ever have a moment where you go, I lost confidence, or what the hell did I just yeah. do? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, me being a shooter or a specialist, right? Like <laughs> I'm out there for one. I'm out there for one reason, yeah. right? I'm out there to space the floor, and my biggest joke was like, hey, when I'm out here, I may not have any points, but nobody's getting double teamed, right? You can play one-on-one as long as I'm out here, because if I get a chance to shoot, I'm going to shoot it, I'm going to make it. So that was my running joke, and that's kind of the attitude I have. Uh, towards the game. And so for me, you have to always go back to the work. You always got to imagine when you were, you know, when I was a kid, it was 115. I'm out there shooting with my dad on that hot half tennis court, half basketball hoop in my neighborhood. Right. And I remember those days where it was like, it was everything and nothing else was more important. Right. And then you realize you come back to that moment where it's like, dude, it's a free throw. I've done this a trillion times. Like, I'm not in this arena. It's just me, the hoop, and the work that I put in. And you just go shoot it. Yeah, but you can and practice you're, you're okay bad that. habits. When I go to the, yes. to, I go to the, I like. the driving range, I can, can, I can hit 100 balls. But if I'm not doing it correctly, yeah. then I'm not getting any better. And I think Ben, that's, ben can, that's the player's fault. 
Yeah. That's the player's fault. You cannot be a max player or somebody who is an upper echelon all-star and you don't have, there are amazing elite people to teach you how to shoot, how to break down film, how to dribble, how to do all the major skills to be successful. So that's nobody else's fault, but your own that you don't do it. And again, I go back to LeBron. This man hurts his ankle. He has 20 around the clock care. If he's hurt longer than two weeks, he has somebody change his diet, right? Cause he has a chef. He doesn't drive cause he's icing his knees. He's doing this. He's watching film. So there's no excuse because what he has, you can do, right? These guys are getting a hundred, 200, 300, 400 million. And you're worried of, and you can't shoot a free throw. Stop it. Find somebody who's the best shooting coach in the world. Hire him for a summer. Have him stay at your chateau on the side because you know you got a, a firehouse and teach you every single day. Create a relationship with that person. So he's not just there for checks. So he's there for you. And so he can communicate with you how to be the best you. Why don't you not do it? Not everyone has talent. Huh? Why don't you do it? No, I don't know. I don't have the patience. <laughs> I don't have the patience. Uh, it, shooting is very simple to me. Um, obviously, because that's what I do. And so people get, they get too much. Like you got to humble yourself before the game, right? You, you know what? I felt like I was one of the best shooters and every day I would do the most simple remedial things the the basics that would help me build out who, how I became a shooter. That's the only way to do it. And you got to humble yourself. It's boring. It's tedious. And you got to sit there and do it and you got to do it perfect. And then you go to step two. And a lot of guys want to skip it because they're talented, but you can't do that. Great to talk to you. Thanks for joining yeah, us. This is great, man. Yeah, of course. I, of I course. appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you, man. That's uh, Channing Frog. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. 
and Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. He's an uh, actor, uh, Jamie Hector. He's in one of my favorite shows. I've been talking about Bosch for, well, what, seven years now? Since day one. Uh, Titus Welliver is the, uh, uh, the, the lead of this, but uh, Jamie plays his uh, sidekick, uh, Jay Edgar, Jerry Edgar, who joins us on the program. Congrats on the success of the show there, uh, Jamie. Uh, how surprised were you with the success of this? Thank you, Dan. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. Surprise, you know, we were, it, it was amazing to us because we were the first show on Amazon to actually set Amazon off on this, this, this platform of viewership, right? People actually sitting and watching Amazon as a television show. And then to see the success, the longest running show on Amazon, it just, it, it blew my mind. So how surprised was I with Michael Connolly and Eric Overmeyer on board? I was, um, I was, I was, I was not surprised that it was great because I know that their writing and their casting was going to be on point. But I was just happy that we lasted this long. Ever get really mad at Bosch or vice versa? Like Titus, <laughs> you and Titus went when you're filming. Did you ever get really angry? Meaning the two of us personally in our real life, or you mean Harry and Jay Edgar? Well, I know Harry and, and Jay Edgar. You guys have a real problem in season seven, but. Uh, yeah. have, have you and Titus had arguments? No, no, before? no. No, no, we never had an argument about anything, actually. You know, we, we get along really well. We're both from the East Coast. Um, respected each other's work before we came on board. And um, we approached the work similar in a similar fashion. So we enjoyed working around each other. We just always can't wait to get back to work. With understanding, right, we, we've been doing this for seven seasons. 
So every year we were ready to come back to work with each other. And this year things are changing, meaning going into next year. But no, no, never any conflict or anything at all. Yeah. And then I started to wonder about this when you immerse yourself in a role. So when you're playing a cop that Mm -hmm. you probably have to hang out with cops. uh, Do you look at cops differently now having played a cop? Well, I do. Well, you know, I look at good cops the same as I've always looked at them. <laughs> you know what I mean? People that are dedicated to doing the work, people that are dedicated to supporting and protecting and serving. Right? And you're a good I cop always, on Bosch, right? Would you say you're a good cop? I mean, I, I, I do the work. You, you know, try. Come, you try to be a I good try. cop. Yeah, absolutely. I come in, I try to do the work that is to a perfect example. You've seen the season, right? The first season was we were trying to capture a necrophiliac. I'm sure everybody wants that guy off the street. Um, and that's our job, to make sure that the civilians, the citizens are protected and we come out there to serve them. So, yeah, I consider myself a good cop. Absolutely. But but did you do driver, drive-alongs with the cops when you were researching this? Yeah? I did. I, you know what? I'm from New York, so I've done drive-alongs with my partners here in New York, uh, Todd Butler. Um, and then when I went to L.A., I've done drive-arounds with Tim Marsha and Mitzi Robertson. And um, it was an amazing adventure, right? Because we drove all around LA, went to Watts, went to um, Inglewood, and then made it back to Beverly Hills. And that's when the drama started. (laughs) That's when we had to jump out. And Tim actually had to go and address an individual that was assaulting his wife. Well, then it gets real. And then, like, so do you stay in the car? You know what? I stay in the car. But there was one incident out here in New York where we went on a raid, and it was a guy that was selling guns out of his home. He was from North Carolina. And they told me we met at 6 o'clock in the morning. And they said, listen, you can stay in the car, or you can come inside. I was like, what's up with the bulletproof vest, buddy? I mean, you're going. <laughs> and this was in Bushwick, Brooklyn, right? And yeah. So I was like, hold on a second. So you guys are allowing me to come into the house. So they let me go in. I went in, no gun, no vest. Of course, I wouldn't have a gun. But they were certain that it was safe. Some of them climbed the fence. Some walked through the door. I walked through the door and then we scouted the entire apartment. And it was really interesting because the guy got wind that they were coming and he took off. I wonder, though, if somebody's going to see you and think it's Marlo from The Wire. <laughs> Meaning, oh, you mean like on the, on the raid? Yeah. Like they're go- hey, <laughs> or on the hey, drive along. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Marlo. Yeah. <laughs> no, I experienced that. I did. I experienced that going, driving in, um, in Inglewood. And it was like, Marlo. <laughs> Are you more likely to have somebody ask you a question about the wire or Bosch when you, when somebody recognizes you? You know what? It's, it's a combination of both now because I'll, I'll, I'll base it on the New York Knicks, right? The Madison Square Garden. I would always go there to go watch the game. And my first two or three seasons of working on um, Bosch, whenever I walked through the stadium, everyone would be screaming out, Marlo, Marlo Stanfield, why? Oh, my God, let's do this, let's take a picture. <laughs> but then after the third season, four, five, six, whenever I went back to a game, that it just changed for some reason. Everyone was screaming Jerry Edgar for the most part. People were really loving the show, and they were approaching me based on that. So it's a fine balance right now. They, they really love the work and the show. Uh, 
Paulie, my producer, has a question, but he wants to know if you'll answer this as Marlo. Okay. Uh, Can you, are you capable? No, let me tap back in. Hold on. I need a minute. <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> okay. Of course. I just want to make sure. I, you know, I just. Yeah. I, sure, I I, okay. All right. Paulie, your question for, for, uh, for Jamie as Marlo. If you're a fan of the wire, like most of us are. Okay. I guess maybe either Marlo or your character. When you had to kill prop Joe, mm. what was going through your mind? Prop Joe is what uh, the big drug dealer on the, oh, uh, yeah. very lovable, very oh. beloved by the fans. So this is not as Jamie Hecker. This is as Marlo. Yeah, yeah maybe both. Through Marlo's mind. Yeah. All right. Well, what was going through through his mind? I would have to say was his purpose on Earth has expired. It was done, and and looking at him and the way he took care of himself, the way that he took care of his community, meaning himself, physicality wise, and just his inability to control his people anymore. It was just time for somebody to remove that crown and that's what Marla was constantly chasing which was power and um and prop joe had it how far ahead did you get in the wire that you knew what was going to happen well we received a script unlike today which we're binge watching right yeah so we i'm working on a project right now for hbo and i already got all the scripts so I know what's going to happen beginning to end. But working on The Wire, it was per episode. So I didn't know. Which one do you prefer? I prefer, I, I, it doesn't really make a difference to me. I mean, like, um, because when it's a screenplay, a film, I get the entire script. And I enjoy it. I know the beginning to end, but I approach it the way I approach it. But so for me, it doesn't make a difference. I prefer both, whichever one works best, you know. But, but I have to say, I enjoy reading everything and knowing what's going on from beginning to end. So I, I would prefer that. And, and, you know, a lot of the stars in The Wire, they were English. Like when they came over mm-hmm. just trying to immerse themselves in Baltimore, in that culture. Yeah. I, yeah. I, how, I guess even more challenging for those guys to be able to do that. What did you think, though, when you, these guys would have their English accent and then all of a sudden they would go into their dialogue in the wire and you're like, they transformed themselves into Stringer Bell? I would just say, Dad, this dude is talented. Idris, Dominic West, even my guy that played the mayor, Carsetti, I would just look at them and just um, respect their level of dedication, you know, because... Once the cameras are off, they're back into there. Hey, go ahead, mate. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, man, I like that. You know, but, like but you're young at the time. I mean, you're really new to this business. I'm new to the business, but in regards to training and just knowing what it takes to actually do what is to be done, I wasn't new to that. So I knew that it took a certain amount of level of discipline, consistency, and dedication to get there. You know, um, who scared you? What character scared you? On made you a little nervous on the wire. What characters made me a little nervous on the wire? Me, me, Jamie Hector. Yeah. Or okay, the character that made me nervous on the wire was um, Snoop. Seemed real. No, uh, Snoop. Snoop was real, right? Snoop was real, but the character that scared me was. Um, Isaiah Whitlock, 
Shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know a person that you can't trap in the corner. He's the only one that you can't trap in the corner. He can make, he can destroy, he can build, he can just he can just dismantle you. And he knows how to sell light bulbs. You know, remember that scene where he <laughs> he told Stringer Bell, like, look, man, I'm giving you a deal, man, a deal. You know, you're going to put up all these light bulbs in the entire Board of Education. That's <laughs> that's a dude that you got to look out for. He's scared. He was so good. So good oh, yeah. as a politician. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Jamie Hector. He plays, uh, got a variety of roles, but uh, he was Jay Edgar in the uh, seventh and final season of Bosch. No spoiler alert here, but I do think we're going to see a spinoff. Will you be involved in the spinoff with Bob? Well, well I'm not sure yet. I, I wasn't given the word, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. You th- no, you're being coy. There's a <laughs> no, I really don't know. I, no, there is a spinoff, but I'm not too sure where I stand in the spinoff. Yeah, because I got some questions still left for your character. I don't think we wrapped everything up in season seven there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got some issues still going on there, Chad. Still, still. I mean, they don't just go away, right? No. I mean, especially. <laughs> no. And by the way, if you if you haven't seen Bosch, Bosch has this unbelievable crib. It's it's spectacular. And uh, he's always Thank got you. jazz playing. And, uh, you know, his his daughter, Maddie. But have you been in to, uh, to Harry's crib there in the in, wherever that is in the hills yeah no i have i have um on i think it's season four right i went to visit him in regards to somebody that shot his wife so i brought some information to him over there okay. and then um on one or two occasions then it was a shootout that came to assassinate him over there and then him, myself and um robertson we went over there to go and help him out so yeah on several occasions i uh i realized that you were in he got game not a big role so i had to go back and see if i could find you in he got game you i think you had oh, yeah. two lines in he got game hey jesus i love you jesus i love you jesus jesus can you help me out with some money man come on what's up man can you- <laughs> yeah oh yeah i didn't forget that was spike lee came listen i'm in um unholding and I'm like, man, this is how they treat the extras and holding. It was just one apple, right? <laughs> I'm standing over there. And then Spike comes and he just looks and he's just like, choose him and him. And I was like, what am I doing? And then he, he basically gave me those lines. He said, I need you to come over here and just tell this dude how much you love him. Basically, you're like a leech trying to leech on a basketball player that just found new success and money. And I'm that guy that's over there just begging him for money. And, I don't, and yeah, I was excited. Do you tell your family you're in a movie with Denzel Washington? Yeah, you got that right. I'm the star <laughs> with Denzel. <laughs> oh, you know, that's right. Look, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm here with Denzel. Look. <laughs> He's got a few more lines than I do, Mom. But, you know. That's it. Uh, a bigger part. You know, but I'm there. Uh, tell me about the uh, nonprofit theater uh, that you, uh, the organization you have there before we oh, say goodbye. man. Absolutely, absolutely. The organization near and dear to my heart started in 2007. It's called Moving Mountains. So we, we develop skills, talents, and abilities in youth while building character. Purpose, because there's not enough of it in our community. One. Two, it's just um, something that was done for myself growing up also. And I feel like, you know, if they have the access, the opportunity, then they can be great. And I, we just get out there, we ain't allowed them to be great. That's awesome. Uh, Omar coming. 
<laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> not, so, any, Omar. Not, not anymore. Omar, not Omar, <laughs> Omar, not. God, I love yeah. that character. Omar coming. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omar coming. <laughs> I'm not even going to do it, Mike, because I know that's you, but. No, it was, uh, man, uh, that was Farmer in the Dell, I think is what he would whistle, right? Farmer in the Dell. Yeah. Amazing character. Amazing role. Yep. Yeah, you did not yeah. want Omar coming. You did not. You didn't want to hear that. No, you, you did not. <laughs> uh, Jamie, uh, congrats on your success. I loved Bosch, and uh, hopefully Titus uh, finds a role for you in the, uh, th- this spinoff here. Oh, man, thank you so much, man. I'm excited. We're working right now. Currently, I'm actually headed off to work in Baltimore on a project called We Own the City also. So that's going to be a HBO, so that's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, brother. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Friend of the show and a member of the Phoenix Suns, the former Big Ten National College Player of the Year, Frank Kaminsky joining us on the program. How was the celebration there, Frank? It was pretty fun. I mean, when you show up to an airport and there's 20,000 people there, it's pretty wild. If you guys had to play a game the next day after the celebration, what kind of condition would everybody have been in? Oh, we'd have been fine. I mean, there's still not a lot you can do. You know, you get home late, maybe throw a couple of beers back. I don't know. little celebration. Well, I, I saw you. Nothing too crazy. I saw you chugging a beer in front of the crowd. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when they start chanting Frank the Tank and <laughs> things start getting a little wild, you know, the people what they want sometimes. Are you watching the Bucks and Hawks? Absolutely. I can't get in the playoffs this year. I think it's been great. Do you? Can you watch as a fan, or are you actually taking mental notes when you're watching? I can't watch as a fan, no. I, I pay too much attention. I watch too much film, um, study the game too much to just – just watch casually. Uh, when I start watching, I get really into it. So, um, yeah. And especially knowing this is for sure who we're going to be playing one of those two teams. Um, you watch it even, even closer. There's the moment when uh, Patrick Beverly pushes Chris Paul and you're right there next to him. Yeah. What do you, like put us in real time of what you're thinking. What do you see? Then what are you thinking? So we obviously went on a run. Um, you know, closeout game, emotions are high. Uh, we didn't get the job done in Phoenix, whatever. Uh, we came out and we played well in the second half of that game. Um, obviously, there was a lot of chirping, a lot of reviews, a lot of things going on back and forth in that game. Um, Chris hits a big shot. You know, Chris is a leader. Obviously, emotions were high. Um, I run out like I always do. I, I stand up the whole game right now, run out like I always do just to, you know, be a good teammate and, give people high fives and do stuff like that. I see, you know, Pat kind of get a little frustrated and some backstory. I've known Pat for a long time. We have the same major, uh, same trainer in Chicago. Um, no, he's always been good to me. Always been a good mentor. Um, obviously it looked like he was going to come up to say something to Chris and then he shoves him. And, you know, we always have this thing with our team where it's, it, it's don't Monty says it all the time. It says, don't, just don't react to the silliness. Um, you know, and you, you can see our whole reaction. It was just making sure Chris is okay. And then I 
not making sure we do something stupid because we knew we were going to be advancing and you, and, you, and you don't want to have something dumb happen. But obviously, you know, wish that didn't happen. You know, I'm sure Pat definitely thinks that was lapse of judgment on his part. Um, but that's when the emotions are high and you're on a stage like that. You know, things like that can happen. How do you how do you hold back not doing anything? Um, you know, it's tough. You know, obviously, <laughs> media has their opinion on what I should have oh, been, been doing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you don't, especially, you know, the position I'm in, you don't want to make things about yourself. Obviously, you want to defend your teammate and do stuff like that. But, um, you know, if I was out there just throwing haymakers, that'd be completely different story, you know, may, may put someone in a situation that's actually playing to get fined or suspended or have something stupid happen. And, you know, that would make me feel 10 times worse. I would have taken Beverly though. I think if you guys squared off Frank, I mean, no offense. I think you're too, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're too tall to be a, a boxer. Um, you know, I do some, bo- I do a lot of boxing in the summer. Uh, I might surprise you. I have some reach. Oh, I know that, but so you're saying if if we had you know these celebrities are fighting now all the time. Yeah, if YouTube I YouTube boxing match, yeah, you and Patrick Beverly in the ring. What do you think? Um, After the season. All right. Oh, you. <laughs> I'll take myself. <laughs> all right, Paulie. Get get a hold of a promoter. So Mark. I got I got Frank the Tank against uh, Patrick Beverly. You know what for the Paul brothers. Yeah, and then the winner gets one of the the Jake Paul or Logan Paul. Uh, I always wanted to uh, ask you this, and it's not just you, but it's other players, that when you have all this success in college and then you go to the pros and you were a high draft pick and now you become a role player, like what that does to your ego or how do you compartmentalize that, that you used to be the man at Wisconsin and a big, you know, the college player of the year. Now all of a sudden you're on the bench. Yeah, I I mean, it's definitely difficult. Um, There's a lot to adjust to. Um, But when you're on a team like this and you're playing on the best team of your career, um, all that kind of takes a back burner to the whole team success. You know, we have a great culture with our team. And obviously, I'd love to be playing. Um, You know, that's just the competitive side of me. You know, every time we get into a game, I want to go out there and I want to play. And I think that's the overwhelming majority of the NBA, you know, there five people can be on the court at the time and not everybody's going to play. And obviously there's going to be situations where you have to keep yourself ready. You never know what can happen. Um, you know, and that's kind of, kind of been my mentality this year. You know, I started off this season at home by myself after getting waived by the Kings and didn't really have anything. And then I got the call from Phoenix that they wanted to bring me back. So everything that for me this year has been huge change in mentality. Um, you know, I started off the season literally nothing. So amazing the position, uh, going to the NBA finals, going to be on a team. And I've contributed to points of the season that I'm proud of where I am and I'm proud of this team and I'm proud of what we're doing. But also, like, how do you feel when the Kings let you go? Um, you know, that, that was tough. You know, I started out free agency last year. Nobody was calling, wasn't a lot of options. Um, took a non-guaranteed deal with Sacramento and they ended up waiving me after the preseason. And I mean, I'd say that's a low point for me. Um, but, you know, obviously did enough last year with Phoenix 
and made enough good relationships that they felt it good enough to bring me back. And like I said, I felt like I've contributed a lot of different points throughout the season. So that's something I'm really proud of to start mentally to start the season off with nothing and be in the position I'm in. It's been, it's been great for me. Well, congratulations because that's where you get down and then you wonder, okay, now what am I going to do with my life? Nobody's, nobody's going, you could have a ring in a couple of weeks. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. It's, 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 it's wild. And I definitely knew coming into the season that we were going to be in this position. You know, our team was good. We had a lot of guys who were on the rise. And, you know, it's just something I wanted to be a part of. Like I said, the culture here is amazing. Well, congrats there, Frank. And uh, good luck with whoever you play. And hopefully you get uh, an opportunity. And uh, the next time somebody push, pushes uh, Chris Paul. <laughs> No, don't do anything. Even though social, like social media roughed you up. They're like, come on. Like, they're not the ones who get suspended or have to pay a fine. They, they, exactly. Right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'd be the first to say I'm not, I'm not really much of a fighter. So, um, you know, I'm just happy we won. <laughs> and we'll go with that. I'm happy we won and I'm happy Chris is fine. Yeah. So we'll go with that. Hey, uh, thank you, Frank. Great to talk to you again and uh, good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's uh, Frank Kaminsky. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.